Hey friends, it's Jay. Thanks for tuning in to the newly named podcast that we are calling What I Should Have Said. So thank you for those of you that uh, helped us figure out exactly uh, what this podcast is trying to say and a name that fits it. And I think this is the perfect name uh, for this podcast, What I Should Have Said. So I'm a pastor and I just finished giving a talk on joy at Friends Orange. And there's a bunch of stuff left unsaid and a bunch of stuff I wish I didn't say. And this is a podcast for all those things that I should have said. It's post-church, post-sermon, post-pastor, post-script. So before we get into all the things I should have said, can I tell you what happened this week? I had a few things work for me, a few things that worked against me, and a few things that I'm still working out. For instance, is it okay to take pictures with Santa Claus before Thanksgiving? So here's what happened. I was at Disneyland with my wife and my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and we were at the back of the park in the rides that nobody goes on other than parents with toddlers, uh, the, lot, the rides that have short lines. And after getting off of Winnie the Pooh, we were in the back corner of Disneyland and we saw Santa Claus. And he was seated upon his throne in his little workshop, professionally lit with a professional photographer and no line. I'm telling you, I have stood in a line at a mall with a mall-level Santa for two hours. This is a Disneyland-quality Santa. And you know Disney knows how to cast. And he is just sitting there waiting for us. No line. And so I looked at my wife and I said, let's go. Let's do this. And so my daughter was so excited. And she went, climbed up on his lap, told, her, told him everything that she wanted for Christmas. We took the pictures. The pictures turned out great. And then I thought, is this too early? How do I feel about this? I mean, I told you before, I love Halloween. I haven't even taken down my Halloween decorations yet. They're still up on my house. Thanksgiving is not here yet. And we have pictures of my daughter with Santa. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. So I posted it on my Instagram. And I took the first poll that I've ever taken in my life. And I asked, too soon? And 86% of people said, no, not too soon. But of course they're going to say that. Nobody's going to say to a dad who just posted a cute picture of his daughter, uh, no, man, too soon. Well, actually, that's not true. Like, what, 14% said it's too soon? Whoever that 14% is, you guys are no fun at all. And I, I think that's the truth of the matter. Sometimes life just throws us a little ball of joy, and we got to enjoy that while it comes. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And so that happened. And shortly thereafter, Sunday showed up. I got on stage. I talked about Jesus. I said some stuff, and I left a whole lot of stuff unsaid. So let's talk. Hey, today's topic is an uplifting one. We're talking about joy. But I do want to make you aware that we will also be talking about depression and even suicide. So I just wanted to give you all a heads up on that. So all week I've been thinking about if joy is possible in this world. And the point I tried to make is that we often think in order to find joy, we need to lose sorrow. But that's not the case. Oftentimes, sorrow and joy can coexist. And joy, or at least the joy of Jesus, is deeper and can outlast sorrow. What I should have said was, go watch Inside Out. Disney nailed it with that movie, the way they depicted the different emotions, how they play together and how each emotion takes center stage at different times. Brilliant. I'm telling you, I should have just 
pressed play on that movie, kind of like a rainy day at elementary school where you just watch the movie and say, that's a wrap. I think that would have been good because I've got to be honest, coming into it, if I'm going to be talking about joy, the search for happiness, things that philosophers have discussed for millennia, and I'm a 37 year old and I'm going to come in and give you my opinion, that is an intimidating place to start from. So yes, Inside Out tells us that it's okay to be sad and I like that. And I'd like to add that life is hard. Life is hard. For me personally, right now, life is good. I'm in a very good season of life right now in this instant. However, the past four years have been very, very difficult. So I know life is hard, but I was coming after this message uh, from a place where life is good. And I hope that I was able to encourage people because I think sometimes people come into church on Sunday and they just need some hope. It's like they've lived all week uh, in their everyday lives and they need a place to come in where they're with other people that are just trying to make it and they can find hope and joy. And so that's what I really tried to focus on. But to be honest, the past four years have been very difficult for me, but right now it's good. And so I am just going to enjoy that as it comes. And so yes, sorrow and joy coexist, but when pain is intense, sometimes it's hard to believe that joy is there with it. Uh, I kind of feel like emotions are kind of like a, uh, a cocktail, a mixed drink, where there's a bunch of different uh, ingredients involved and a lot of different emotions in any one circumstance. But one of those ingredients kind of is more intense than the rest. And sometimes, because life is hard, pain can be so intense that it's hard to believe that joy is there. But I do believe it. I believe that joy and sorrow can coexist. And I really believe that joy is deeper than sorrow and that it will outlast sorrow. I really believe that it will outlast sorrow. So listen, as a pastor coming into this message, I was feeling all the emotions. First, I was asking myself, who am I to talk about this? Uh, what do I have to add to this conversation? Um, but also the thing that haunted me in preparing for this message on joy, where I wanted to help everybody find joy, help everybody uh, find some happiness, at least for the moment. Uh, I was plagued by the fact that I grew up in a family with a history of depression. And so I know uh, in very real time how dark depression can be. Uh, my mom was depressed. Her dad was depressed. His dad was depressed and on down the line. And so growing up in that type of family, I know how dark sadness can be. And it has even touched my life. And so as a pastor, I have dealt with depression, clinical depression, depression that has sent me to therapists and psychiatrists. I have uh, taken part in talk therapy for years and have been on medication at different points in that journey. So the first time I realized that I was going to have to deal with depression is when I lost my dad. He seemed healthy, and then one day he had a heart attack and he was gone, and it hit me hard, and the pain was very intense, and it unlocked something in me, uh, some chemical imbalances, where I had to deal with a very real depression. So I went to therapy, and as I saw a counselor, I started to gain some confidence that I would be able to deal with depression head on, and then she prescribed medication for me. And I didn't fight that. 
when she prescribed it, I said, yeah, let's, let's try it. I got an antidepressant and, uh, it was awesome. And at the same time, terrible. It's like what everybody talks about. Uh, it was so helpful to me with dealing with the depression. Uh, and at the same time, I felt like it just kind of dulled life overall. And so it was helpful because it dulled those emotions enough that it allowed me some space to do the hard work. Um, but it also wasn't something that was forever. And pretty soon I found that I could manage my, uh, chemicals through exercise. And so I started exercising, uh, every day I would run and I'd be in the gym in the morning. So I know that you all are picturing me as a giant bodybuilder. It's not the case. I'm a tall, skinny guy, but I still start my day every day in the gym because it allows me, uh, to get the energy that I need to deal with life. Uh, both to enjoy the moments that come my way and really grab a hold of them and relish them. And then also when hard times come and depression starts to seek in, uh, that allows me to hit that head on. And I'm telling you, this isn't just, this isn't just like, oh, kind of depressed. This has been deep in my family. And I'm going to go there with you guys because I want to be the type of person that's open and honest. This is something I'm striving for in life. And I think, uh, Hearing this from a pastor, it's good to know that, yes, pastors struggle with depression. Pastors go to therapy. Pastors are even on medication from time to time. That uh, we lean on Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, who one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And so, yes, we lean on the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes, God brings us help through helpers like counselors and even through medication. And so I, I want to put that out there. And then I want to talk about one other thing. I want to talk about suicide. A lot of people believe that if someone commits suicide, they are going to hell. And that's just not the case. Show me where it says that in the Bible. You're not going to be able to find it. You can take the time that you want to to try and you can send it my way if you think you've got a proof to it. But I just don't believe it. I remember when I was a youth pastor and there was a kid in the youth ministry that took their life. And I was doing the memorial service. I was stopped by an elder who told me that I was leading the kids astray because I was talking as if the kid was in heaven. And he told me, that's not right because somebody that commits suicide goes to hell. And I was just early 20s at that time. And this was an elder in the true sense of the word. And I looked at him and I said, you are wrong. And I continued with the service. And he came back to me the next day and he apologized. And he said, you're right. I was wrong. That earned him a lot of respect in my eyes. But I just realized how prevalent it is to think that if somebody uh, is overcome by sorrow and they're dealing with the disease of depression and there is something that is compulsory in them that leads them to take their life, that God would not allow them into his kingdom. It's absurd. And this has touched very close to my home. Uh, my mother took her own life just three years ago. And so this is very real to me. And it helps me to see how deep she was struggling with depression. And as I was working on this message, I was talking to my wife and I was saying, hey, babe, help me. You're, you're super smart. She's a professor. She's way smarter than me. I said, you're really smart and I need help with this. Uh, if I'm going to say that joy can coexist with sorrow, but joy is deeper and will outlast sorrow when it comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm like, help me work through that. And the first thing that she said to me is, well, Jay, what about your mom? 
what about her who struggled with depression where the joy was so deep-seated that it overtook her life? And as she said that to me, it hit me hard because I thought, yeah, that's what I've been struggling with as I'm working on this message. That is not easy to answer. But I gave her an answer. And I'm going to tell you straight off the top, I believe it about 51%. I'm still working it through. But here's what I said to my wife about my mom. I said, yes, the sorrow was so intense that she could not handle it. She was overcome by it and she took her life. However, because of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, she is now in the kingdom of joy for all eternity. And although in the view of a lifetime, she suffered so much, horrific things happened to her as a child, as a teenager, and now to suffer with depression and anxiety throughout her entire adult life, the suffering of her life was great. However, this lifetime is like a vapor, like just a flash in view of eternity. She will be surrounded by joy from this point into all of eternity. And so in that case, joy really does outlast sorrow. Now, I wish with everything in me that I would have the chance to say to my mom, hold on, hold on, be patient, look towards your hope, lean on the Holy Spirit, and I want her to hold on and to know that this too is temporary. But that's not the case. And so I find solace knowing that she has been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. She's experiencing joy now. But I want to be the type of person that can recognize that when sorrow is in my life, even so intense, it is not alone, but joy is there as well. I want to be the type of person that is able to outweigh sorrow and that can take on that uncomfortable emotion and stay in it long enough knowing that the joy is there and the joy will prevail because I truly believe that my God is joy. At the very core of who he is, I believe that God is joy. I believe that whole list from Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 where it lists off the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's see, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of those attributes that should mark the life of a Christian who's cultivating a spiritual relationship with the Spirit of God that Jesus has given us. Those should be marks of the Christian life, but they are also attributes of God himself. God is love. God is joy. And so I find great strength, great purpose, knowing that because I've chosen Jesus, I've chosen joy. And I really believe because of that, that joy does coexist with sadness and that the joy of Jesus is deeper and will outlast the momentary struggles that we face now. And even into eternity, we will be welcomed in to a kingdom of joy. So one last thing I've got to say, thinking back about taking pictures with Santa before Thanksgiving I just got to say, look, life is hard enough that whenever something good comes our way, a moment of joy, let's just grab onto it. Let's stop poo-pooing any joy-filled activity and putting limits on it. Oh, not before Thanksgiving. And let's just enjoy. If you come across a Santa and he looks legit and there is no line, 
take a picture with Santa. Get your kid up there, put it on Instagram, put it on social, put it out for the world to see, and let them see that there is joy in this world. And hey, let's do this together. Email me. What do you think is still left unsaid on this subject? Questions, opinions. I got to be honest, I'm still wrestling with how to access joy even in dark times. And so if you've got something to say there, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure it'd be great to share it with other uh, people. And you know, I'd like to help you out by giving you this one thing. Here's one thing that you can say. When you are facing sadness, look sadness dead in the eyes and say to it, I'll wait. Tell sadness that you will wait because you know that it won't last. And you know that you've got a God who has given you a future of joy and given you the spirit of joy. And so you can outwaste the sorrow that is in your life right now and say directly to sadness, I'll wait. And let that uncomfortable emotion run its course, knowing that the forever joy of Jesus will guide you through. Well, there it is. The things I should have said. I'm going to need to do this again next week. You can count on that. Hey, I just want to take a moment to reach out to anybody who might be struggling with mental health issues or having thoughts of suicide. And I want to ask you to please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can call 1-800-273-8255 and get the help that you need. And you can email me as well at j at friends.church. And then connect with me online, social media, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel and receive inspiration every week to live a fully alive life. Have a good one, you guys.